seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. Devil the Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Paxson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hi, Rob. You okay? Yeah, good. We normally start with a week asking how your week's been. But I thought I'd switch it this week and tell you about my week. Good. I've had a bit of a, I've had a bit of a crazy week this week, to be honest, Paul. Um, How's your week been, Rob? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm glad you asked, Paul. Because what it was, first first part of the week, I had problems with my phone. You know, I can, I, you know, I can your, your phone charger. When it packs in, you can't get any juice in your tank. Right. Nightmare. Went to the uh, went to like the local uh, phone shop. He gave me a. He, I bought like an iPhone charger for like a fiver. Plugged it in my phone. Wouldn't register. So it gets to like ten percent, and then it'd drop off. So all Saturday, I couldn't get more than ten percent on my phone. My phone kept dying as well. It was a nightmare. Couldn't get. I couldn't get the match reports on. Bit of a bit of a bit of a nightmare day for me really. But all while all that was going on on Saturday, Paul, as well. Um, obviously, you know my wife's got a cafe in sale. So, yeah. we're obviously, preparing for this big birthday uh, bastard that, that someone had asked us to do 150 cakes for on a cake table. You know, like a, when you go to parties, they have like a yeah. you know, buffet where they have sandwiches and stuff. But the new modern thing is you have a table full of cakes. So, right. 150, 150 cakes on a table, that was, the, that was the call. So, basically, running the cafe as well, just me and her, crazy, customers coming in. Kate's cooking the food, I'm delivering the food and washing up and serving, you know, people like that. And at one point, early on, who's that? Oh, sorry, sorry. You'll have to leave this blueprint. Helen's phone. Helen's phone's going off. Is it? Sorry, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> so basically, what it is, Paul, obviously, you know, early doors in the in the, in, in the day. Um, you know, like coffee machines, you have like a, a milk jug, don't they? You know, to oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm obviously serving uh, customers. And I put the, the, the milk jug by the by the drawer of the till. I punch the number in, hit the hit the jack, and the, the milk jug would kind of like fly. You know the the, the till opens yeah. up and it and it, it fires the milk the jug at me. It's me square in the chest, right? And do you remember last three, last uh, year where we had that I had that creature in my back garden that was in my shed and it attacked. Oh yeah. It hit me as hard as that. And I went like, oh, took the wind out of me. But the best thing was. The milk jug, which was empty, so you know I didn't get burned, right? It kind of rolled up my chest, right, and then landed on my head. Is that like Neymar? It was unreal. It was like I don't think I could have done it again. It was unbelievable. I thought, wow. I thought I'd better mention it because it's like I felt like it was really a strange moment. It um, sounds strange, Rob. It sounds very power. Right. Or this uh, <laughs> caffeine syrup. Yeah. Like, well, it, should have filmed it. Yeah, should have done it. Uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. You know, we got all the cakes done, uh, got all the customers served. Fantastic day. Went to the party. Great day. But yeah, that was my that was my uh, my my weekend, Paul. Um, yeah, so loads going on on for me. Uh, loads going on the show as well, Paul. We've got 
And Ian Watson's interview uh, after the Saints game will look at the Saints defeat as well. We've got all the news coming out of the Salford Devils uh, this week. We're going to look at the amateur scene with yourself and your amateur report. And then we're going to preview the game against Wilkinson Rovers uh, on Sunday. So should we start the start with the uh, the game against Saints, Paul? Certainly, mate. Let's do it. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Devils were defeated against St. Ellen's, 32 points to 30, Paul. The 40 years of hurt goes on. Yeah, it certainly does, Rob. It was um, a funny, funny old game on uh, on Friday night at, at St. Ellen's, and it was it was um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was, it was a good start for Saints. You know, I was uh, frightened they was going to blow us away there early on. T.O. Farge was was absolutely outstanding in the opening 15. It's what it was for the whole game. Really played really well, but he, he created two of the the first three tries, and the, with them going 16 points to nil up, I think it was after about 11. 10 or 11 minutes that and you really did fear for us there they, they started really quick you know the full back that Lachlan Coote was playing really well and everything seemed to be sticking the pace they've got a while you know making so when the ball went to him they looked really good really slick ball movement and no credit to us we, we, we sort of got a leg up when they kicked out on the full and it was an unlikely try scorer really and Gil Dudson he went over and that got us back into the game and we seemed to grow in confidence then and I don't know whether St. Helens eased up up slightly, but we we battled back in the match, and um, you know to go in leading at half time, eighteen sixteen, it was a bit of a surreal situation really. From a really poor sort of well, I wouldn't say poor. I think St. Helens were really good in that opening stages, and uh, we just got caught in the headlights. But to be leading eighteen sixteen at half time, it was um, you know a bit of a dream first half really for us. But really, really entertaining game, mate. Yeah, obviously sixteen nil down. I was I was running this Twitter before my phone and iPhone started started playing it. The I was I just tweeting you need to be strong here because at sixteen nil down, old Salford teams would have collapsed, wouldn't they? But this one dug in and turned the corner to get like you said to to half time lead, and it shows I think how far the players have come as a group and how far Ian Watson has come as a coach. That you go sixteen nil down, but there's no no panic. They just played what they, how they had to play and reached the reward by going in half-time leading. Yeah, well, I think they deserved the lead, Rob. I think for the vast majority of the game, we were the, were the better side, really. You know, apart from that purple patch St. Helens had early on, we came into the game, got a try from Gil Dudson, and then the try from Nia Levels was a spectacular effort, really. Chris Nunu, I mean, he offloaded the ball to Evels and I was sat there and I was panicking. I thought, what is he doing offloading the ball there, you know, in his own sort of 20? It was a great pass, really sort of fearless offload. We took a risk, took a chance. Evels went through and nobody got anywhere near Nile Evels. The pace he showed there to go over then. Olpert's got the the third try for us. That was another one. I mean, he had a, a try charts off from the video referee for, um, I think he said he was in touch or he didn't ground the ball. I can't quite remember now. But then, you know, he, he got that try and they were, they were well-worked tries. And we were playing some good stuff there, some good rugby. And, um, you know, Paulie Paulie came on and, made his debut, he was dangerous, but Kristen anyway, I thought he was a thorn in St. Helens' side all evening, really, he was, he tried things, he, he wasn't frightened to try things, and I think if you want to beat St. Helens in their own backyard, you can't just play conservative rugby league, you've got to move the ball against them and play them at their own game, and I think for large parts of the game, we did play some attractive stuff, and I think it caught Saints off guard, because nine times out of ten, teams go there, or sort of lesser teams in the league, you know, you sort of mid-table, lower lower edge of the, of, the, of the league teams, that they'll go there and 
sort of just try and defend, try and keep the score down and playing to St. Helens' hands, really. But we didn't. We sort of, you know, fought on fire with fire and I think that's what we needed to do and that shocked Saints, I think. Yeah, I think you talk, talk about players like Christiani. He has that ability, I think, to do that, give you that extra 5% under pressure, cool as a cucumber. Do you remember Wigan game where he defused that bomb on the touchline when Wigan were on a roll from the kickoff and kicked it towards uh, George Griffin and, and he didn't fancy catching it and he came up, swept, swept the catch up. Moments like that, um, players that can play at that level when the pressure's on are, are like Goldust. And I, I agree with you, I think, you know, Christian, you showed with that offload to uh, to Evels, cool as you like, didn't panic, didn't throw it at him too hard, it was right in the right place for Evels to catch it. But obviously, Evels had a, had a lot to do didn't he, from there and he did it with, uh, you know, verve and speed and, you know, that's what, you know, a super fullback like him does, he, he's able to run so fast with a straight line, find the gap uh, and go over from 80 metres. Yeah, he did. He looked really dangerous as well, <clears throat> excuse me, on Friday night, Niall. And, you know, we've said it a few times, haven't we? He's got to go on to that next level now if he wants to challenge for international honours and playing well in, in big games like that against the best sides, that's going to get him noticed. So, uh, no, I was really, really pleased with him. Just going back to Christian Inu, I know we've given him quite a bit of stick the last few weeks, haven't we? We've been, we've been kicking out on the full from the kickoff, and you know, <laughs> we didn't do that on Friday night. So, uh, now he's cut that out of his game. He's, he's our best friend now. But, no, I thought he played really well. Um, he did. He, he, like I said, he wasn't afraid, afraid to, to take chances. And there was a, an incident in the second half where he was coming down the right hand touch line and he sort of kicked through. And we didn't score from that, but we scored from the next play. And it was just little things like that. He, he chanced his arm and, and tried things. And like I said before, you, you've got to try those things. You can't sort of play up the middle against St. Helens. You've got to play their sort of game. And, and you've got to score points to beat them because you know St. Helens, the attacking threats they've got, they're going to score four or five tries a game at least, aren't they? So if you want to beat them, you've got to be them within the tries and we certainly were on Friday. Yeah, I suppose, it, like you said, it's, it's about you know doing things calmly uh, in pressure situations and, and that's what I think he brings to this team. You know, obviously with offloads and, and things like that, you know, if he's in the right you know, frame of mind and, and, you know, space is available to him out wide, Paul, he's going to cause teams all kinds of trouble, isn't it? Um, also, we'll be looking at the other tries as well, which was, were fantastic. Uh, the Allfurts one where he weaves in and out Obviously, he gets a lot of stick because of the. Uh, sometimes he does spill the ball uh, in defensive situations, but you know, try, tries like that shows what he's capable of. He had a good game. Darrell had a really good game on on Friday night. He did. He took that try really well. It had to be finished. That you know, weaving in and out, and he was solid all night. I can't think of an incident where he made a mistake really. So uh, no, he's very solid. And I thought Robert Louis had a great game for us. I really did. I thought the halfbacks Jackson Hastings and Robert Louis both played really well. That was Robert Lewis' best game for a while, I think, in a Salford shirt. And you know, he set Niall up for his second try, and then he went over on the hour mark, I think, for that that try of his own. He just powered through there from from that scrum, showing great strength. So, uh, no, and then I can't remember the score. Then we thirty sixteen, I think we thirty sixteen up there. So we'd come from sixteen nil down, scored thirty unanswered points away at St. Helens to lead thirty points to sixteen, and I started thinking to myself then you know we've got a real chance now in this this last 20 minutes and you knew there was going to be an onslaught from St. Helens they were going to throw the kitchen sink at us in the last 20 last 15 and they did do and it, it was just a real shame we couldn't hold on I think they got a huge slice of luck with the try when it was 30-16 I think it was Coote who scored his hat-trick ball took a bit of a deflection um, went into the, the, it seemed to bounce well for them and they got a try off that and then they scored one a minute or so later from Makinson going through and then then we seem to weather the storm then at 30 points to 26 and then obviously we conceded a penalty 
and that got St. Helens in good field position then and Bentley went over for that, that try at the end which was you know it's one of those it was very controversial you know the video referee was called upon and I think that decision could have gone either way so I think we was we was a bit hard done to with that one but it's one of those it's a 50-50 call and it just went sadly went against us What's your what was your gut feeling about the uh, the try do you think it was a try or not? Well my gut feeling on the night when I saw it I thought he'd knocked that out well at first I thought he grounded the ball short then he sort of moved the, but he lost he seemed to lose control of it it wasn't under full control but I sort of feared for us because the referee gave it um, as an on-field decision as try. So when he did go up to the big screen, I always had this feeling in me, well, he's going to go with the on-field decision. It was that, it was one of those, it was, you know, if you're a Saints fan, you swear blind, it was a try, wouldn't you? But I, I thought he'd let go of the ball. But these days, the way things are given, you know, the guys on Sky will say, won't they? Oh, he only needs, you know, fingertip control or he's, he's, he's got his hand on it and all that. I mean, years ago, you had to physically touch the ball down, didn't you? Where now it, it seems to change the rules a bit, but with him going up to the, the video referee on, with the on-field decisions try, sometimes it's very, very difficult for the video referee to overturn that decision if he can see it for both ways, can't he? Because he's got to go back. That's the rule now. You've got to go back to the on-field decision, which is crazy to me. I think that's something that needs to be taken away. Um, if, the, if, the video, if the referee on the field is asking the video ref to make a decision, why does he make a call on it as well? Because you obviously don't know. That's why you've asked the video ref. So I think that's a bit... They don't do that in Australia. I don't think they do anyway. So uh, so I, I sort of thought it's going to be a try. And it wasn't It was, It was. wasn't to be for us. It was, it was heartbreaking, really, because we put so much into the game. And I think we've been the better side for the vast majority of the game. And I think we deserved it. I think we deserved something out of the match. You know, I think the better side lost, really. We put so much into the game. And it was, it was a real sickness. Real sickness. Yeah. While you were talking, I was doing a bit of, bit of multitasking here at this end. I've got the. Uh, well, I'm not doing cakes again, are you? <laughs> I was uh, doing cakes again. Yeah, the um, I was watching the try again, and for me, I think it was a try. And I'll tell you why, Paul. Because obviously, like you said, he is grounded short. But the two questions you ask yourself is: does does the ball leave his person? No. The second question is: is the downward pressure? Yes. So it's got to be a try. I know it's heartbreaking because we put so much in, and for the, for the try to be. The way they scored it, where it's a matter of inches, we're talking out with Paul. It's not like a clear cut try, but if you're looking in slow motion, to me, it is a try, and that's unfortunately the way it is. But that shouldn't take away the sort of the brave effort that the boys put in. A lot of people on Twitter were going off, going out of their minds because obviously a last minute winner from Saints, you know, everyone you know jumping up and down about it. But really, what we should have been doing is, is celebrating the boys' efforts because obviously pushing Saints that close, you know, and being sort of beaten by a kind of stuffy try at the end um, you know that, that should be, give water when the boys hope I think you know for, for the games to come that they can that they compete with the likes of St. Helens and the top side uh, and hopefully in the, the games to come the result will be different and we'll win a few yeah well that, that, that's how I felt when I left the, the ground I was, I was pretty calm in the, the closing stages on, on Friday night I've just sat with my arms folded as St. Helens attacks and when they scored I was disappointed but I sort of knew it was coming, you know. You sort of get to it, expect these sort of things as you watch Salford. And I, I came out of the ground and disappointed. It's funny, I, I bumped into Jackson Ace actually in the car park, and Joe Lussick and said hi to him, and, and well, well played. Um, they were, were partnering me and Tesco, it was quite late coming out. And did a sort of see you next week at, at Magic, which was I thought was a nice touch. But no, I, I come out and I thought, do you know what? I'm proud of them tonight. I'm proud of the way they played. And if you look at the top three in the Super League, you've got Catalan. 
Warrington and St. Helens. We've stuffed Catalan away, we've stuffed Warrington away, and we should have beat St. Helens. So I think, for me, that's progress. You've got three sides there who are doing pretty well, really, aren't they, those three? The farm teams in the tail. I mean, Catalan, yeah, they've, they've, they've lost a few games, aren't they? But Warrington and Saints are the farm sides, aren't they? They're sort of a step above everybody else, I think, at the moment, particularly St. Helens. And, and we've done really well against them away from home and competed. So you've got to credit Ian Watson on that. You know, we, we, we say it every week, don't we? We've not got the biggest squad in the league. And, you know, we've, we're limited resources, really. But we're punching above our weight, aren't we? And you've got to be proud of that. And obviously, it's disappointing when you lose the game. And I, I don't know, I can't really agree with it. Well, I, I can see your point for that St. Helens try. I mean, would that try have been given if we'd have scored it in the last minute? I'm not so sure, but you know, you, you can't. I'm, I'm one that just forgets them sort of. It's not something I'm going to keep moaning on about. It's, it's gone now. It's done. It's fish and chip paper, as they say. But um, I think there was an argument for for both that. But me being a bit of a stickler, I'd say don't concede the penalty. We conceded the penalty. I think it was George Griffin that conceded the penalty for a flop. I think it was Griffin and Moss up in a tackle. Mm. The play before that, and if we hadn't conceded that penalty. Satan's probably wouldn't have scored and we'd have won the game. So it's little things like that sometimes that, that can put you in the situation where you're defending your lines. So it was disappointing though and, and you can understand how the supporters felt because 30 points to 16, I'm not saying we had the game sewn up because you, you can't like um, put the queue on the rack against Satan's because they're always capable of coming back. But um, no, it was an heartbreaking way to lose really. It was heartbreaking but it's carried the building as well, Paul, because you know, the boys should be proud of their efforts. You know, I mean, yeah, we were defeated the other try was a bit dodgy, but that shouldn't that shouldn't sort of sort of kill us off. I know that last season was it last season we went to Saints and we lost by a Matty Smith drop goal last season. Twenty seventeen, two years that ago. Kind of that kind of started to spiral our season, didn't it? After that, we kind of dropped off alarmingly. So we kind of need to to make sure that doesn't happen again for me, because obviously we've learned from that, haven't we? We've learned that you know we do we do get the odd heartbreaking defeat. But we're a better team now, and we've got better players now, and I'm I'm thinking that mentally we are in a better place as a team, and we'll, hopefully we'll be able to kick on from this disappointment, Paul, and and go forward and, and keep our good form going because that's what it's all about, Paul. It's all about you know taking down taking the you know the downs and and and, and building on them and, and and becoming a bigger and better side. And next time we come into that situation, whether that be against Sutherland or anybody in the last couple of minutes, and they're pushing and we're having to then fend for our lives that. You know, this time we'll be at that try. Yeah, uh, well, what I'll in his interview about the sort of I think I call it the bread and butter matches, and this was no disrespect to Huddersfield, OKR, and, and teams that are the lower ends of Super League, London Broncos, and that. But we need to make sure we beat those sort of sides, and if we can perform like we did on Friday night against St. Helens, you're going to get the results against those teams. I mean, we play OKR this this Sunday, and if we can play anywhere near where we did against Friday, we should be comfortable in that game and, and, and capable of beating them. If we'd have played like we did against Saints the week before against Tokyo in the Challenge Cup, we would have won that game. And that, to me as a supporter, that's disappointing that you can't sort of back games up. We're, we're struggling for consistency this season, aren't we? And we have done. We've, we've put in some great performances and then we've let ourselves down, you know, a couple of times, especially in home games against the whole game and, we, we, we were pretty poor at, at Wakefield, wasn't when we didn't really turn up, and then the, the cup game against Old Car. So if we can iron those sort of things out and, and get this consistency in our performance, you know we're a, we're, a, we're a match for anybody, and you know a top sort of half of the, of the table finish isn't isn't beyond our reach, I don't think. Yeah, like you like just mentioned, Paul, you talked to what a lot of the game, and this is what I have to say. 
Coach's corner. Yeah, mate. Mate, Ian Watson joins me. You must be really heartbroken with that defeat because the lads put so much into that performance and to, to lose it like that must be gutting for you. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to take, especially um, the players in the change rooms are obviously real disappointed at kind of losing that one and not finishing it out. But we, we've just said in there, there's a lot, a lot of positives from that. The effort was outstanding and that's the effort that we've got to have and the attitude we've got to have every single week. And the boys, to show the kind of belief that they did in each other to come back from 16-0 down, shows, shows what they're about as individuals and collectively as a group as well. And we've got to take that forward now. I was just going to say it's 16-0 there. It was so early on in the game as well. It yeah. looked like Saints were going to get that. But you showed tremendous yeah. character there. And you could see, could you see as a coach, that confidence growing as things started going right, you got in front. And yeah, there wasn't a massive panic. We weren't defending well in that first 12 minutes. We just needed to make our one-on-ones. But we're, we're always confident that if we get our fair share of the ball and, and we defend well, well, we'll we'll beat teams and we'll cause teams problems. And I thought for the for the next lot of the probably for the next 60 minutes, I thought we defended really well. And I thought when we we, we got our fair share of the ball and we posed them a lot of problems by scoring points. You had a new player coming to the side tonight, Paulie yeah. Paulie. He's got a bit of negative criticism in the press saying he doesn't do big minutes. I thought he showed up really well for you yeah. tonight and is that the way you're going to play him? If anyone can get the best out of him, I think you can. We'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see what we can do with him um, with his engine-wise and stuff like that. Paulie's been great. He's come in and he's, we've had a good chat. Um, all I asked him to do today was just work hard defensively for his team. We knew St. Helens would want to pick short side so they'd try and tie him up and then they'd try and get him on a late retreat. Um, I don't think they got him on a late retreat once. I thought he was really good, to be fair, and he, he was going hunting people um, from the inside when we asked him to do that. Um, he, he was a smart player, mate, and I think Paul is definitely added to us there. Another smart player you've got, Kristen Inu. He seems to be one of the most exciting players at the club. He'll, he'll throw the offload. He does those exciting things. Sometimes you, I mean, I think he threw that pass to Evels in the first half, and I was, I was panicking, thinking, why has he chucked that pass out? And he races 80 yards and scores. Yeah. Some of the tries we got tonight, you must be proud of, because you, you outplayed that yeah. St. Helens side tonight, and I think the best team's lost. Yeah, no, mate. I know we've a good group. I know I know there's um, a lot of good players in that team as well. Um, we've just wanted them to believe that they're good players and take it forward. I think earlier on in the year, potentially they didn't believe they could beat a Castleford at Castleford or even beat like a, a, a Warrington or a, a St. Helens. I, I think the last two games we've played against St. Helens, I thought we were very good against St. Helens at home. Um, we had a few rough decisions in that game as well, to be fair. I think we've we've had a couple in this one. It could, there could have been a few different things, and um, it could have been a few, bit different tonight if um, a few different calls had gone our way. Um, but like I say, it, it's not it's not down to all the referee there. We didn't start well enough at the beginning of the game, but then we showed great character to come back into it. We just needed them to be smart to finish it off. I think there's a piece late on there. You, you, you're leading that game, and I think Lee Mossop conceded a penalty. And I remember thinking to myself, oh no, because St. Helens are going to get that field position and you know what's coming. I think going back to the, the last try Saints scored, I mean, the, the on-field decision was try, but to me, it looked like he lost that ball and that must be gut-wrenching for you because Saints seem to get them decisions, yeah. don't they? Our players deserved it, mate. Our players deserved it tonight and that's why it's probably it's tough to lose. I think, like you say, potentially the best team and it's, it's lost. We've dominated for a lot more periods than what Saints have dominated for tonight and then we've come away with nothing. Um, pat on the back for, for the effort and stuff like that but we just need to be a little bit smarter um, whether it was a knock-on or not I don't know I was a bit confused with the one before that where um, it looked like it comes off it comes off um, Rob Lewis um, kind of goes, goes forward I think off the back end of that one so I, 
I'll have to have a look at him again without seeing him. You're never too sure, but I, I don't know. We get a few rough decisions. I think Joey Lussick should have got a penalty as well when he was about. It was a high shot there, yeah, wasn't it? Across his cheek. Normally that's pulled up, and even when it's on Sky, I don't know why that's not been pulled up as well. But look, it is what it is. You take a lot of heart from this, though, and you go to the Magic Weekend next Sunday yeah. against Old Kingston Rovers. I'm not going to talk about revenge, but you, you guys are going to want to put things right anyway, aren't you? Because after this performance, that must give them the world of confidence to go out and win a game now. Yeah, we, we know we weren't good when we played KR at home, and, and it hurt us um, in a lot of different ways than it's hurt us tonight um, to kind of go out of the Challenge Cup. So we need to set the record the second, set the record right there going into Magic. It's finding this consistency against, I won't call them lesser teams, but you've got like an elite group in the Super League, haven't you? So Warrington and, and St. Helens. You've, you've shown that you can compete with these sides. You've been to Warrington and Wallop to me, Wallop Catalan away from home. You've come yeah. here and, and been the better side. Is it about putting it right now against the bread and butter teams? Yeah, we've got to make sure we win them games for dead set. We're, the boys have done great and, and they've really competed really hard against like the, you know, the Warringtons, the Saints and the, the, the other top teams and the Castlefords and people like what they need to do. What we need to do now as a group is we need to make sure that we consistently beat KR, we consistently beat Huddersfield we, and then it pushes, it gives us a shot then to get in the playoffs and then ideally we, we could come back here in a playoff and give them a bit of a scare there. Well thanks very much for speaking Cheers. to me tonight Ian. I'll see you at Magic on Cheers. Sunday mate. Cheers. Well that was Ian Watson talking to yourself, Paula, after the game. And he says, obviously, like you said, it was a tough defeat, um, you know, to take. But it is character building. And, you know, he, he was banging that drum all night about that, wasn't he? Yeah, he certainly was. He was very disappointed. He was disappointed in the press conference as well. I think there was a, a couple of refereeing decisions, perhaps, that went went against us. And to me, though, when you go to grounds like Saints, Leeds, Wigan, you never get the decisions. You know, in the 30 years I've been watching Solver, we I can never... I've said this to you before many a time. When was the last time we had a really dicky try in the last minute against somebody or we scored off a forward pass or a knock-on? I can't really think of anything because you don't... I think it's difficult. The, the referees or whatever, they'll always sort of... The, the bigger teams will get decisions, won't they? And I mean, I think that's the same in any sport. Football's the same, isn't it? I mean, you've only got to look at how many teams... How, how many years was it before... A team had a penalty at Old Trafford against Manchester United. That used to be the old joke, didn't it? But you know, so it, so it is difficult, and you've got, you've got to you've got to like suck that up really, haven't you? And take it on the chin. And I think what Old does that he doesn't get too too downhearted and too disappointed. But it was it was gut wrenching for him really because he, like I said before, they put so much in, so much effort in, and you know what I was doing a, doing a tough job, and he's given us some some good results away from home at some of these grounds doesn't he and I, I really wanted him to beat St. Helens because like we said on the show before and like we say every year it's you know, be 40 years next year since we, we've won at St. Helens and it'd have been special to, to get a result in, in that fixture but uh, we'll have to go again next year and uh, on the 40th anniversary beat them yeah I think like I said Paul I think it's become a psychological thing you know like I said when the last time the team got a penalty at Old Trafford you could say that about Anfield and the Cop and Liverpool that Liverpool yeah, we yeah. score at the Cop and it becomes, when you're an opposition player, I presume, that you expect it to come. We knew Saints had come. I said that on Twitter when we were 30, what was it, 30, 16 up. I said, Saints will come. And they did. And they proved, and they proved me wrong. They proved me right, really, to be fair. Because I knew that Saints weren't, weren't, weren't done. We were, we, were, we were leading. And unfortunately, we just, ran it. We just didn't have enough points in the tank to, to see it out. But... It's a brave effort, and I'm, you know, I just think that you know the boys should have been congratulated. We should have been saying, you know, what unlucky about the defeat. What an effort! That's what that's what that's what should have been been saying. But obviously, people were frustrated and angry about the decision, and and that's understandable, Paul. Um, Paulie, Paulie, 
um, debut. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think he played well? Do you think he, think he uh, showed uh, a lot of good touches? Yes, I thought he did really well, Robert. I mean, I think I mentioned it to Otto in the interview about um, he suffered a bit of criticism in the press, not just from Salford supporters, and not from Salford supporters really, from other supporters sort of scoffing at him really, saying he doesn't play a lot of game time, he's overweight, you're not going to get much out of him. And I thought he came on and he did his job. He's a, he's a big lad and, you know, he didn't suffer any fools. He didn't miss any tackles really from what I saw. He didn't look out of place. He worked hard and showed some good touches. He's very strong going forward as well. Being such a big man, he takes a bit of stopping. So I was impressed with him. I think he... If anybody can get the best out of me and Watson and his coaching staff can, and you know Greg Brown, the conditioner, he's got the solver players this season in particular and last season as well into great shape. You know, one of the fittest sides in the league. You look at the likes of Gil Dudson and Greg Burke since they've come to solver. You've only got to speak to them, and they'll tell you how much fitter they feel and how much physically, you know, better condition they are. They are. And that's no disrespect to the, the previous clubs, but you know, so if anybody can get him in condition, we can. And you know. It, it, he could be a good fit for us, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how he goes this weekend. Yeah, and what I mentioned about sort of planning how he's going to play him, and that that kind of important for him and for us, because obviously he'll want to impress, won't he? Because he'll want to try and get a contract for, for us for next season. So it's a win-win for both Watto and, and Paulie Parler, uh, if obviously he managed to figure out a, a way of, of, of playing. But I think it's, like I said before, it's important. We've got a good group of players, and you mentioned it before we started, before we got the... Um, what I went with you in. Um, it was talking about the players believing in, in, in winning against teams that are around us rather than teams that are towards the top of the table. Because like you said, it's important that you can go to Saints and, and, you, and you can run them close, but then you play Kingston Rovers next week and you've got to win there. Because if you, if you lose to them as well, then, it's, then you start, the doubt starts creeping in. You put out much effort into, into that Saints game, you're just hoping that the boys have got something left in the tank to go to that next level and beat Orkinson Rovers at Magic? Yeah, well, I've said it to you loads of times, and I know it's an old sort of uh, cliche, but you get the same number of points for beating St. Helens as you do for beating London Broncos. You get two points, don't you? And to be honest, beating those sides below you is probably more important because you're like, it's like a, the same football, a six point. I mean, rugby league's a four point, isn't it? You're, you're taking two points off them and, and, and denying them two points, but also getting two for yourself. So the way the table is at the moment, you've got London Broncos bottom, Hulkar and Leeds, the bottom three have all got eight points now. So this weekend, London play Leeds, so someone's going to win there. So, you know, we could get a new team on, on the bottom. But those sides are not a million miles behind us. We've only got 14, so we've still got that cushion, that three-win cushion with six points, which is pretty good. But if you're to lose, lose to Hulkar, those sides are starting to, to catch it up. So, I mean, I don't want to think about relegation, really, because I, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll win matches. But I'd rather stay, have that cushion and keep away from those bottom three, you know, Leeds, London, OK, and, uh, and stay stay away from them. So, we've still got to play London. We play them away from home, don't we? And we've got to play Hulk I think we play Hulk at home as well, don't we? We've not played them at home in the league, or have we? No, we haven't, have we? So, we've still got to play them in the league at home. So, there's four more points against them. We've got to play London away, as I said. We've got Leeds away. You've got Huddersfield coming up at home as well. We play Casford and Wakefield at home in a couple of weeks. So we've got some some games coming up where you'll be targeting them, thinking, yeah, we, we can we can get some points from the, these couple of fixtures and uh, you know keep ourselves in contention for that top five. Yeah, I suppose it's evolving from a club that looks down rather than looks up. Because we'll be thinking we need a few more wins to escape, you know, to make sure we don't get relegated. And really, we should be thinking how many more wins do we get to get to in the top six? And it's and it's how. When does that transition take place? 
you know what I mean? Or is it more of a, we have to get there consistently over the next three or four years of finishing the top sort of four, six, and then you're instead looking up rather than looking down? Is it because we've not been there consistently that we, we're not looking up straight away? Oh, yeah, I think so. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think it's human nature, isn't it? And it's a, you know, as a solid supporter, I mean, how many times have we finished in the top six since 1980? Maybe three or four times. Mm-hmm. It's pretty poor, really. We've had a lot of poor seasons, haven't we? So, you know, you're bound to sort of look at that, aren't you? Because we have always, always struggled. And, you know, I find it funny, especially not, not so much this season, but yes, yeah, yeah, earlier on in the season when people were sort of bagging the team off and, you know, what's got a bit of stick and things like that. And you think, God, these people have got short memories. You know, look how poor we was in like, sort of the early 2000s and yeah. the losing runs we won. And we spoke about this, didn't we? And, you know, the, the side we've got now, it is, like you say, it's a side to be proud of, really, because of the, the resources we've got and the size of the squad. They are, they punching above the weight. You know, we're not the rubbing rags that we were sort of 2000, 2001, those, that sort of era. You know, where, where then we, we, we struggled to beat anybody, really. We, we might have beat Huddersfield and London. Um, but everybody else seemed to want to hammer us, didn't we? And we had some really poor seasons, didn't we, where we only won sort of a handful of games. So, so whereas now we, we compete in most weeks and well, that's all you can ask for, really. I mean, it's always going to be difficult to compete against those sides at the top with, with what they've got, the squads they've got, the players they've got. But you've just got to go out and do your best. And I just look at it the, the, like this way, Rob. Just take each game as it comes. And I don't really look up or down. It's just take each week as it comes. And wherever you end up in the, in the league, you end up. But uh, no, try not to, uh, to to go too far ahead of myself. Yeah, I spent a lot of the early 2000s drunk watching Salford. So I don't remember too much about it, which is probably a good thing. Probably the best place to be, Rob, because some of it, some of it was awful. <laughs> I drink responsibly now, uh, but I didn't at the time. Um, let's have a look at the stats, Paul, before we do the three-word match report. Uh, top tacklers, Moffat with 33, uh, Dudson with 26, uh, George Griffin with 42, Joe Lucic with 40. Um, good set of numbers, that. Good tackling from the boys. Yeah, well, they had to do, because St. Helens, like I said, they, they throw a lot at you, don't they? They really do. They, they, they're attacking options, attacking threats. got a big set of forwards as well, and they move the ball so sick, so slickly, if that's a word, and quickly is the word I was looking for. Quickly and slick. And, and it does, it goes out it goes out wide, doesn't it, so fast. And, you know, the, the centres they've got there, you know, they had a few players out as well, St. Helens. I'm not making excuses for them, but, you know, Percival was missing, um, that Kevin Nakwama was missing, James Roby was missing, so... And um, Thompson, the forward, was missing. So there was a few strike players there missing, which I was, was pleased at, really, because Robin only had a really good game against us. But you know, as I said before, Theo, he was really good. Um, and, and we had to be on our game. We had to stop them. We had to do some, some tackling. And, and for large parts of it, Rob, we, we really did. We tackled them really well and, and matched them sort of man for man. Yeah, uh, top meter makers, Evels, 163. Jones, 127. Griffin with 78. Uh, Ken Theo, 130 odd. You know, big meters from the big players there. Sorry, Rob, say that again. They're big meters from the likes of Griffin and, and Jones and Ken Seal and Evels. Yeah, certainly. Sorry, my wife was echoing me there. She, would ask, she asked me a question. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Rob. So, <laughs> your wife sat next to you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was big meters. I think Nia Levels um, made sort of the majority of his meters in that break that he made when he went through. I think he had about 80 yards there. He was. I was sat next to a, a, a nice gentleman in the press called Matt Taylor, who's from Leah League supporter, and uh, he was he was cheering Salford on with me on uh, on Friday night. And he, we were trying to work out there. We we reckon it was about eighty meters that Evels went there, and he was so impressed with the pace of him. 
you know, the pace of Evels there, because, you know, Saints have got some, some quick players, but nobody got anywhere near Niall Evels there, so that's credit to Niall. But, uh, but yeah, some really big meters and some, some big efforts in the forwards as well, Rob. I thought the forwards had to be on the game because Saints have got such a, such a good pack and, and we was match, matching them there, man for man. Yeah, big thanks to your three-word match reports for Man of the Matches. Uh, Martin, he says, was knocked on. Uh, his Man of the Match was Jones. Uh, Gil Hughes, never a try. Uh, man of the Match was uh, Rob Lewis. Uh, Salford 79 we were robbed great away support and uh, their man of the match was uh, Chris Wellen uh, yeah the away support sounded amazing Paul thought they made plenty of noise are you there Paul are you trying to tell him again? So, sorry Rob sorry Rob sorry, daydreaming again sorry <laughs> I'm going to get sacked out <laughs> um, yeah there's, I mean quite a few people there are um, commenting on the, uh, the the no try thing and I think you know when a lot of people do the free word match reports directly after the game, don't they? And emotions are running high, and it, it, it was. It, it's one of those. It's a fifty-fifty call, isn't it? You, if that try had been disallowed, I don't think you could have sort of said, "Oh, it's a terrible decision." It was. It was. A, it was a stonewall try because it was. It, it's difficult to to say. I mean, when you watch things in slow motion, it's totally different to how it looks in in in, in full speed, isn't it? So, uh, so I, I can understand supporters being disappointed, and especially when you've come so close to beating a good Saints side as well. So, you know, swear words and things like that are forgiven off me this week, Rob, because it was a was a tough one to take. Yeah, Colin Reynolds had two attempts. At it. Um, his, his second attempt was child has agendas, uh, and his man of match was uh, Rob Lewis. Uh, Tony Frame effort. Effort, 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 and his man out was Rob Lewis as well. Uh, Katie Reynolds, I'm super gutted. Her man of the match was uh, Rob Lewis. Uh, Andy Steele, uh, Steele were Andy's wheels of steel uh, in the old uh, tent. Uh, Rob by Childs, his man of the match was Rob Lewis. Rob Lewis picking up a few man of the match awards, Paul, with his uh, performance on uh, Friday night. I thought he was super. I thought he played really well, Robert Lewis, on. Uh... On Friday night, he, he dominated that game really. Jackson Hastings and Robert Louis really did put put a marker down in that match, and they had to do. They had to play well, and that's the best I've seen Robert play for for a number of weeks now. He he really did uh, stand up, and he was dangerous. He showed so much power when he ran forward, especially when he broke through for his try. You know, he he looked like a guy that was. Um, what I'm looking for. He looked like the shackles had been taken off him. He was playing with a bit more freedom, really. You know, sometimes he he seems to like. As the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he didn't on Friday night. He had a, he's always got a smile on his face, hasn't he? But he seemed a bit more relaxed though, with the way he played the game, and it, the, the whole team did. To be honest with you, they did. They seemed to seem to play that sort of more relaxed game, didn't they? With the way they moved the ball, and like I said before, that's the best way to play against Saints. Yeah, Julie McAvoy, uh, we were robbed. Her man of the match was uh, Louis Adam Arbery, uh, Doc Child's wages. Um, his man of the match was Louis, David Deakin, Charles Costas, and he said every sub player deserves to be on the man of the match for their fantastic performance. And finally, Stephen Burns, we were robbed, and his man of the match was uh, Jones. Um, but yeah, people frustrated, like you said, just after the full-time whistle with the decision. Uh, but we, we build on that when we go again, and hopefully the results will turn. Certainly, yeah, that, that starts this, this Sunday, doesn't it, against all Kings and Rose, Rob? We've had a very good break there, haven't we? We've had sort of nine days off since the, the Saints game, so it's been a been a long turnaround now. So hopefully the the lads are refreshed and they've probably had a couple of days off this week to you know to heal themselves up because it's been a tough tough sort of period of the season, hasn't it? With the, with Easter just being behind us and the sort of the the, the, the busy program there as well. So um, so yeah, I, I think they'll be ready for for Sunday and they've got a point to prove as well. I think against Lokey, especially after disappointing cup defeat. 
Yeah, it was disappointing, but we move on, Paul, and hopefully we'll get back to winning ways soon. So that's all the uh, the reports. Looking back at the Saints game, and next up we'll be talking about all the news coming out of Salford Devils this week. So what we'll do, we'll start with the sad news about Jansen Turgut, who is currently lying in a, in a hospital in Ibiza after falling off a, the, four, the third floor of a car park there. Um, our thoughts are with him and his family at the moment, Paul. It uh, sounds really, really bad. Yeah, it does, Rob. I was like, really shocked when I saw that news. I've not really been on, online much last sort of week or so. I've been pretty busy at work and, that, and I only sort of dashing every now and again and I got a message message came through on my phone a few people actually whatsapp said oh Paul have you heard about this you know forwarding I don't know how to do that you can forward like articles can't you know, onto your whatsapp I don't know how to do that but um, I got a few through and I thought oh blimey what's this and I had to read of it and no it was shocking news really you know I mean it's sad to see to see Janton lead the club anyway and I mean I know he's He's done wrong, and, and that's why, or allegedly done wrong, and that's why he left the club. But um, under a bit of a cloud, and but for something like that to happen, it's it's a shock, isn't it? And I don't really know what's gone on. I don't know the ins and outs of it, and don't know whether I want to know the ins and outs of it. I just hope the lad gets better. I mean, he's 23 years of age, and you know, there's no age really, and you know the injuries that he's, he's sustained seem seem terrible really. And I just I just hope he pulls through because his his mum's obviously really upset and. You know, he's got family as well, and I spoke to Jansen a few times, and he was lovely with me when I spoke to him. Okay, we had a nice chat, and I did an interview, and I spoke to his dad at Castleford. His dad was a really nice guy, and you know, he seemed like he had a really good family there with him. So, uh, no, I, I hope the lad pulls through, and you know, God bless him. Yeah, his mum uh, sort of announced, told us all about you know the bones he'd broken, his legs and his arms and his face, and you know, it seems like he's 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 on he's recovered uh, a little bit. Um, I think there's been a positive update recently. Um, they're saying in the whole um, local paper, which which is good, obviously. You know, hopefully, you know, the money raised. I think it's sixty thousand so far. You know, be able, be able to pay for his, his treatment and, and get him home. Um, and obviously, then we can go from there. Then can't we, Paul? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly. I think the main thing is that the Jansen gets better. Um, it does sound sound bad, but I know I saw that today. I, I'm not like a medical expert Rob sometimes stuff goes over my head but I did see something where it said he's he doesn't look like he's got any sort of brain injuries or anything like that which is I don't want to say lucky lucky's not the right word when you when you suffered that many injuries but you know you know what I mean don't you if he's fell from like a three story thing you, you think blimey you, you're lucky you've not bumped your head or, or whatever so thank god he's, he's landed in a certain sort of way and and he's I don't know I'm struggling to to, to, to say it really Rob it's uh, Hard to, to talk about, but um, no, I'm just just wishing him all the best, Rob, and hopefully, like I said, get him back to back to England as soon as possible, and you know, back to his family, and um, you know, he can he can make a recovery. It's probably going to be a long recovery as well for yeah. the injuries he's got. It says in the report he's um, he's in a con- medically induced coma, uh, but they had a CT scan uh, and returned all clear with no signs of brain damage, and the heart and liver and kidneys uh, are now functioning on their own, which is which is good news. Um, so after we'll, we'll keep in touch with that story. Obviously, you can uh, continue to donate to his uh, to the to the to the page. Um, by, we put it on our Facebook page and our uh, uh, Twitter page as well. So if you can, you know, give give what you can, uh, and hopefully, you know, it'll uh, it'll pay for everything that needs to be paid when you're in a, a phone holiday. These things kind of become expensive, don't they? So every penny counts, don't it, Paul? 
Yeah, certainly, certainly, Robbie, certainly does. Yeah, and also uh, they're planning to sing uh, There's Only One Jance in Turga on the 23rd minute uh, of our game, um, which is which will be very good to show, you know, good support uh, for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he's a whole lad in it, Jansen. We signed him from Hull, didn't we? So, uh, so, yeah, I know we're playing Hull's rivals, okay, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, Hull FC supporters in the stadium as well on uh, on Sunday, so uh, so yeah, let's get behind that that chant and uh, you know I'll, I'll sing that on the. Is it the twenty third minute you said, didn't you? Yeah, so uh, I hope so. So obviously the the Salford uh, faithful uh, lads that have got like um, loads of stuff that are auctioning off um, a Salford Devils Raging Bull coat size medium, Salford Devils Cougar coat uh, size extra small, uh, Salford Devils home shirt size three uh, XL. Uh, Salford Red Devils home shirt, another 3XL one. Lots of different shirts, lots of different balls. One from Swinton Lions, um, a Wigan Warriors signed ball, family ticket to the Casper game, uh, Swinton Lions signed ball. I think it's at 150 quid at the moment for this bundle, Paul. Uh, so that's really good. Obviously, they're doing their bit uh, for Jansen. Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, that's 150 quid for all those things that you mentioned. I think so. Wow, that's that's priceless. Some of that stuff on there, isn't it? Take away the Swinton ball, I but <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. The rest of it's uh, priceless. There's some great, amazing stuff there. But what? That's good work, isn't it? Who's done that? Do you say Salford Faithful? Salford is it? Faithful, yeah. Uh, and there's also one from Salford Red. Uh, it's at a i a j m Beck. Um, she her daughter found the magic weekend ball, uh, right. and she decided to 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 help raise money for Jansen Turgit. She's, she's done a um, auction the ball off so she gave it to you to our mate Daniel Murray and he passed it down the first team and they all signed it so uh, looking to, to raise money for Jansen by uh, you know auction off the ball it says the uh, bidding will close on Monday night so there's a nice picture of the ball there as well so if you want to put your bids in for the ball um, it's at AJM Beck uh, to put your put your um, your offering there for the, for the ball, so a lot of people doing lots of great things, Paul, uh, for Jansen. Um, other other things that have happened as well, uh, bad things really, sad things. Uh, the Sulphur Devils Foundation um, van uh, was stolen earlier in the week, Paul, um, which is terrible, terrible news, and uh, it's kind of affected uh, what they can do in the community. And also the different living disability learning rugby league Salford rugby league team that was going to be playing in uh, the Magic Weekend now well couldn't get there because this van had been stolen. So I think it's really really bad. And hopefully someone will have you know some knowledge of that and be able to you know pass it on to the club so we can get the van back. Yeah, that's right. And that van's used um, to get the kit. I think to to games as well or, or certain articles of the kit because the lad I was sat with on Friday Mark Mark Taylor his dad's the kit man at Lee and he had to help Salford out on Friday which is a big thanks to, to him he he, um, he came and and, and and did the did the kit for, kit for Salford and you know with, with his fan and whatever so uh, they got out of a bit out of got us out of a bit of a mess I'm losing my voice tonight mate. they got out of a, out of a bit of a mess and um you know that that's that's bad though, that isn't it? You know, someone stealing a, a van like that is um, because that's normally parked up at the stadium as well, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, there's some uh, some strange people about Robin. Hopefully, we can we can get it back or they can sort the insurance out and, and get that because that's terrible. That like, especially for the people who are looking forward to go, to going up there and being part of the uh, the, the magic weekend. It's um, 
It's a real shame, though. Yeah, obviously, I've had lots of people um, kind of uh, asking, offering, you know, help to, to, and vans and stuff, temporary, um, you know, to try and get the, the, the team up there. And it seems like a couple of them are be able to get up to Liverpool now, which, which is great news. Um, obviously, we mentioned it on the Sports Zone last night, didn't we, as well, Paul, when there was no, um, you know, nobody had any, any idea what was going to happen. Uh, so we mentioned it, and then, well, the 12 hours later, 18 hours later, you know, the the, the, the flow is, is, is good, and people are, you know, help, helping the club and helping the foundation and helping this, this team, and it's, it's, it's a good, like you said, a community club, and, and that's the kind of thing that happens, you know, we all rally around uh, when, it, when it matters. Yeah, certainly. There's a lot of rallying around to do at the moment. You know, there's these, these certain things that we've mentioned so far in the news. It's um, it's been a bit of a bit of a sort of sad week, hasn't it? Um, so yeah, like I said, the, the club will rally around and, and people will rally around and help out. And let's just hope that the uh, the team there get to get to Anfield and, and make it to the Magic Weekend because that'll be a special day for them. Yeah, and they've got a, a just giving page set up to hopefully purchase a new van. Uh, they're on ninety pound at the moment. And he said it needs ten grand. So hopefully, you know, fans will be able to dig a little bit deeper uh, and and help them get that van. Because I think it's important. Obviously, the foundation do a fantastic job, and you know, without the van, it, it becomes a bit of a even more of a problem, doesn't it? Really. Um, I know other people are doing fantastic things as well. T-shirt T-shirt Ted uh, is offered his warehouse um, for a pop-up shop uh, for the foundation to raise money for the new Billy bus, uh, which is great. I think you know Ted does amazing things like that. Uh, and uh, hopefully a lot of people will go down to his uh, his uh, warehouse and uh, purchase some stuff. Certainly, and he does some great stuff as well. He's, if you've not been down to his, his warehouse, it's full of radiators and this, that, and the other, but and plumbing stuff. But he's got it's like an Aladdin's cave though. They've sort of sold for t-shirts and bobble hats and sort of jackets and all sorts of stuff in there. You know, get get yourselves down there. It's right near where the old Willow's Ground used to be. So it's uh, you have a little nostalgic trip round there as well while you're there. So. Uh, well, no, that's hats off to Tez. And, um, you know, I didn't mention the, the Salford Fable before. Hats off to them as well for that, for that auction because all, all those things, you know, people do out of the, the goodness of their heart. And, you know, Tez is a, is a good guy, isn't he? And, you know, he's a friend of the show, a friend of ours, and he does some great stuff. And, he, you know, it just hats off to them. Without people like that, you, you're fighting a losing battle, really. Yeah? It's just heartwarming to see them, you know, getting involved. I mean, they shouldn't have to do. You know, people shouldn't be nicking coaches and minibuses and things like that but it's just a way of the world I suppose there's some nasty people out there isn't there and, uh, you know it's how we get over it we can't let these people beat us can we we've got to uh, got to keep all pulling together and, uh, and sort the mess out yeah and if you obviously want to pop down uh, to uh, T-shirt Tez's uh, warehouse uh, the address is North West Radiators Unit B2 Weast Lane opposite Calvert Street um, M55HW he says he's going to be open from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. I'm not sure whether he said, whether that's daily or or just Saturday. I did put daily, but he might get a bit busy if I say daily. So I suppose he, he might let us know just so we can pass a message on to people who who want to go down. Uh, but I think that's a fantastic gesture. I think for Ted and hopefully a lot of people will go down and and buy the stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's hope so, Rob. Because, like I said before, he's got he's got some great stuff and the, the mugs that he does as well. He does some fantastic mugs, t-shirts. The the beanie hats are, are brilliant. I've got a couple of them, the, the new ones. So, uh, so yeah, get yourself down there and, and just help out. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, talking about the Salford Devils Foundation, they've been shortlisted to become Salford Shopping Centres 
uh, charity partner for 2019-2020. That's a good thing. I think obviously it gets us outside the bubble. Um, you know, if they can manage to secure that, uh, that would be amazing. You can vote for them on the Salford Shopping Centre's Facebook page uh, with a love heart and the the, the name of the uh, of the you know, contender, so the Salford Devils Foundation, and hopefully they'll come up with a with a win. Can we can we um, can we share that sort of link on our Facebook page yeah. and Twitter page so people can find it easy because yeah. I've not done that yet. So if you if you put it on there, I'll, I'll get my vote on there as well. It makes it easy for the listeners then to help out. Yeah, I can do that. I'll put that on the, the Facebook and the Twitter page. Gee, it's a good job you're um, internet savvy, Rob, because I don't know how to do any of these things. <laughs> can be, can be until my iPhone. It's a good job, Rob's driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> good job, good job until my iPhone charger breaks and it all goes to pop. Um, yeah. Next bit, one. Um, New batch of Magic Weekend tickets uh, have arrived at the club. We've actually sold our allocation, Paul, which is which is fantastic. Uh, bigger allocation means more fans, which means more cash in the club, uh, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, certainly. It's going to be a great day, isn't it, on on Sunday going there to Anfield. And uh, you know, I, I heard last week. I think we sold our allocation. I don't know how many how many tickets we got there, but it's going to be a special atmosphere. Everybody with a new shirt on, hopefully as well, and who's uh, purchased that. So. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, next bit of news. Uh, Manchester 10K happened at weekend, Paul. Big congratulations to all the Reds that, that ran round that 10K. It's a bit of a gruelling um, gruelling uh, run. I did it once. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to all the Reds there working out for charity and doing the run. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I saw quite a lot of the uh, the faces on the, the Facebook page who, who, was, who was doing the run and what have you. And surprised at how many people actually took part. There's a lot of people there. I've seen the photographs on the internet the other day. It was all for a good cause as well. And, and no, that was uh, that was excellent stuff. Yeah. Uh, other bits of news. Um, fans forum last week, Paul, uh, was a success. Lots of people turned up. Um, they said that they've organised three groups of people um, to kind of improve the communication with supporters um, to target lapsed fans and then seek out sponsorship opportunities. Not had a chance to, to talk to Paul King about it yet, uh, but I will, and hopefully we might even get him on the show uh, to talk about it as well, because I think, you know, it's important as a, as a supporter we, we do as much as we can uh, for the club. Obviously, the club have got to do a bit themselves, we can't, they can't over-rely on us, uh, but being, things like this, uh, fans forum, make a big difference, because obviously the club can you know, help as well as the club. Yeah, certainly. I, I spoke to Paul King um, a couple of months ago, well, about a month or two ago, and uh, he's a very approachable guy, Rob. And uh, from what I said to him, he'd, he'd be happy to come on the show. So we'll have to contact him and get him on the show because I've spoken to him a few times at, at games. And I think last time I had a proper chat with him was that when we had Steve Nash at the club. And he's a, he's a pleasure to talk to, a really friendly guy. And uh, I'm sure he'll put us in the picture and, and let us know what's going on. And, uh, and fill us in on all things uh, the community and um, you know that 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 meeting I was I was sad I couldn't make it really I've been a bit busy so I, I couldn't get to that and uh, you know from what I heard the people who were there it was a very productive meeting you know things are being talked about and you know ways of raising money and uh, you know it was a productive meeting like we can have some more of them and get the ball rolling I'm sure the supporters will because you know, solve supporters do make things happen don't they the, uh, well, as I said before there might be tens of thousands of us but the small band that we've got are doing some great things yeah don't forget there's the squad builder uh, and the golden line uh, lottery as well you know ways you can you can put, help the club by you know up in your, your squad builder 
fee or a joining lottery. Little bits like that make a big difference for the club. And that's available, obviously. The club have got links on, the, on their uh, Facebook page. I will put links on our Facebook page and Twitter as well. Um, if you can, you know, donate as much as you, you, know, you can. You sound like Bob Geldof now, Rob. <laughs> you made a money. <laughs> you were. <money. laughs> yeah. Sell for a good cause, mate. Yeah. The um, next bit of news, Paul. We have um, Josh Jones signs for Hull uh, for 2020. Um, he's been a great player for us. Um, came from Exeter Rugby Union to start his, you know, restart his rugby league career. Uh, and he and he has done, and you know. He puts in hundred. He puts in hundred percent every week. He's an eight out of ten kind of player. Um, it's a shame we couldn't keep hold of him. Um, but it, it is. He is kind of shows the kind of player that that we have to attract. That it'll get to a point where if he can get a better deal in somewhere else, that's where he'll go. But he's given us three years. Three years of, of great service, and you know, we. I can't thank him enough for that. No, well. He- it was an eyebrow raiser for me when we signed him because I thought he was a very impressive player when he played for St. Helens and didn't work out for him in rugby union. It was quite a coup to sign him in the first place. Um, and, you know, I've seen the reports in the paper this week. Well, hang on a minute. We've still got half of this season to go, so he's not going yet. So, you know, despite what Hull FC have done, you know, putting pictures of him on their social media networks with a Hull shirt, and I think that's bang out of order because he's not playing for Hull yet. And I think whoever's done that all needs to sort of rein it in a bit, really, because we're still halfway through a season, and I don't like the way that's done. I understand there's a transfer deadline, and and, and there's, a, there's there's a thing where you can talk to players and sign players. That's all well and good, They're all well signing somebody, but to do that, like what they did on on Twitter or whatever it was, that, that's wrong because he's not playing for Hull yet. He's still playing for Salford. He'll play for Hull next year. That's after December this year when it's 2020. So uh, I didn't like that. I thought that left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. That so. Uh, when we play Hull in a few weeks, I hope we stuff them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, Rob, but... I know that Josh Jones isn't a player that he's not, he's had, he's not going to turn off now. He'll give no, he's a professional. I'm not having a go at Josh Jones because I don't think he's, he's drove up to Hull and put a Hull shirt on. I think, I mean, this is just me, I think they've, they've obviously done that, their social media team or whatever have concocted this image of him with a Hull shirt on. I'm not saying it's nothing to do with Josh Jones, I'm not going to go at him. Um, I think Josh is an ultimate pro and I think he's been great for us. And like you said, 8 out of 10 every week. More often than not, he plays 80 minutes and he's, he's one of the best players in our squad, so I'm not having a pop at them whatsoever. My, my gripe was at the whole club. It is, it is that whole flexing their muscles saying we are a bigger club to do what we want? Or is it something else that we're not thinking? Because obviously, Hull need to kind of show that they want to show they are a big club, so they will do big things like that. And yes. we, are, we are kind of, you know, we have been bumped there a bit, but. I don't know. I don't know what kind of you know um, power we have in the situation. I don't know whether we can say mm. we don't release that picture until. Yeah, it's up to, I think that's up to them, Rob. I think I don't think you can. I think that's you can't buy class, can you? I think that's just a a, a bit of a tasteless thing to do, really. And yeah, they might be. A, a, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Big club, they probably get bigger crowds than we get. They've won a couple of challenge cups, but they've not won the league for a long time. I think nineteen eighty three, the last time they won the league, so it's not that. Long since us, so for the money they've spent over the last sort of forty years, they've probably been one of the rugby league's underachievers. But that's just probably me having a gripe now. I don't want to uh, start start downgrading another club. It's not right, but no, it just left a sour taste in my mouth. But 
it is what it is, as they say. So we've got to move on for that. But this, the, the disappointing thing is that Josh Jones is going to be leaving us next season. And he's going to leave really big, big boots to fill because, as you said before, he's he takes some stopping. Josh Jones, he attracts defenders, he makes a lot of yards, and he is he's an eight out of ten player. And you know those sort of players are hard to come by. It is, it is a disappointment, Paul, but it's not the first time a top player has, has gone. But we do replace them. It's not like the goal and then we don't replace you know good quality with good quality. And yeah, he, he has put a big you know big service into us. Um, but that's what our club's built on. It's built on giving players opportunity. And I'm sure Ian Watson and Ian Blaze and Martin Gleeson and Danny Barton will be scouring the, the rugby league transfer market now looking for somebody who needs an opportunity or wants an opportunity to play at the top level. Josh Jones will go and we'll find someone to replace him. And, that, and so far, we've been able to you know, pick these players that have took us to that, to that next level. And I have confidence that they'll do it again. Yeah, certainly. And I think that's always going to happen, Rob. Players will move on, won't they? And they'll get their heads turned. They'll get offered more money. They'll they'll perhaps see you know going to another club as an opportunity to win trophies. Because I'll be honest, let, let's be honest with ourselves. We've not won a trophy for 43 years now. We've a major one. So we struggle. We've not been to Wembley for a long time. And that's probably going to play on players' minds. It's a short career, Rob, isn't it? They want to play in big games, don't they? And, We've not got tons and tons of money, have we? So we're a club that struggles really. And if a player gets his head turned, he's going to be foolish not to to have a think about it and move on. And that's by no means me being disrespectful to Salford, the, the you know, club I love. I mean, it's just it's just the, the the way of the world, isn't it? Same in football, same in all sports. You know, if other teams come in, the players will will follow the dream, won't they? So um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be able to bring people in, and I'm sure we can bring people in that we can get up to that next level. You've only got to look at the players that have come through at Salford. You know, we've said it before, haven't we? Like, like said to Farge, look how good he is now. You know, he come through the Salford system and we we sort of had a massive hand in the way his career's gone. Same with like Sir Mark Sneed and Stefan Ratchford and Richie Myler, these sort of people. They, we, we've sort of nurtured them at Salford and not so much Richie Myler, I think he came through witnesses system. But there's been a lot of players who've come through at Salford over the last few years and gone on to, to other clubs and, and done really well so we, we've got to seem to have a knack of doing that and I'm sure we'll find the next Josh Jones and uh, hopefully we'll be able to hang on to him yeah I'll say what we'll talk about you know building a culture and you know building a, a, a squad a sort of morale and you know I suppose that's what it's about it's kind of building this team where players will be involved in it that their heads won't get turned uh, because it, the team will become a bigger thing uh, but it takes time doesn't it Paul and you know Wattles on moving the right direction. He's got the right players in, in, in the right squad at the moment. Uh, yeah, we'll lose a few, but we'll gain a few. And, and you know, this team will move forward uh, as one. And, that, and that's the, the good thing about this club. You know, we bounce back and, that, and that's all that matters. Certainly is, yeah. And you've got the right man for the job, haven't you, Ian Watson? I'm just hoping we can hang on to Ian because, you know, there's other clubs in Super League. I mean, you probably look at Ian and think, wow, he's, he's a really good coach, doing a really good job. And you've got that sort of leads at the moment on the lookout for a coach. And I mean, if I was what I wouldn't go there. But, you know, what speculations like in rugby league and the way things go sometimes. I just hope we, we've got Ian Watson tied down. And I think he's happy at Salford and he's going to stay there because we've got a really good coach there and a coach that gets the best out of the players. And, you know, the players that he brings in, he's, he's got the knack of um, turning sort of average players into to really good ones. You know, that's not being disrespectful to the players. You know, the guys that have come in have probably struggled at other teams and eyebrows have been raised, haven't they, a few times. Certain players that have come in and supporters have questioned it and then 
with we thought blimey he's, he's really getting the best out of that guy and he's turned him into a, to a good player so uh, so long may Ian Watson drink continue yeah uh, next bit of news uh, Salford uh, supporters trust are having a question and answer session with Jolly Lusick and Jackson Athens on the 28th of May next Tuesday at uh, Wharton Legion um, try and get there for 7 o'clock it's supposed to start at half 7 uh, that sounds like it's going to be a great night Paul yeah, well, I believe they wanted us to host it, but I'm not going to be here, Rob. I'm, I'm going to be away, I think, so um, I'm going to struggle to get there. So you might be doing that one yeah. on your own, but it sounds a good night to me. And uh, if Rob is doing it on his own, go easy on him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, it sounds a good night. And we, we've, we've sat with Joey Lussick and uh, Jackson Aces before. Two really good characters, aren't they? Two really good guys. And uh, if you can get to that night, you get to see them guys and ask them questions. They're always good nights. I'm supporters nights as well, aren't they? And everyone gets in the room. We all have a good chat and uh, they've been really well attended. And I, I'm just a bit disappointed I'm not going to be able to get, get to this one by the looks of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to tell the sports zone lads sooner or later. Um, but, you know, Matt and, you know, um, Wardy and that, we'll, we'll be able to run the ship while me and you aren't there. So I'm, I'm confident of that. Yeah, that'll be right. Cool. Yeah, so get yourselves down um, to Wharton Legion, uh, R7 start. Uh, that's going to be a fantastic night. So, final bit of news, Paul. Before we go, uh, Betfred have extended their contract with the Super League. Um, Three-year deal. Um, fantastic for the sport. Or not, what do you think? Um, well, I've sort of fell out with um, online betting, really, because of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of all my money's gone. Now I'm uh, my okay. Sky bet account. Oh, I've got 150 left. When we started with a fiver, right. I got it up to like... When did I get up to... Put, I, I won some on Solver because I backed Pulkia yeah. last week in the foot. Yeah, we just let yeah, that go. Then, we, that. We, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't question that. We just, let, we just had time. Mm, just let that go. Yeah, and then I lumped those those winnings on Warrington and Wigan. Yeah. Uh, I put it on Wigan to win. Yeah. And I would have won about 200 quid, mm. but Wigan got beat 26-24. So I still had sort of £20 left, £25 left. So I put a pound on us to beat St. Helens in golden point extra time at 50 to 1. And then I put 25 quid, I think, 24 quid on us to beat St. Helens. And uh, I didn't remember until I was driving home on Friday. I thought, bloody heck, I could have won, I think it was about 90 quid if um, we'd have won tonight. I thought, oh, and I forgot all about that, you know, when the game was on. So, yeah, I've got about 150 left in my sky, but I can't announce when that's gone. It's uh, it's uh, done and dusted. But no, Betfred, you know, going on digressing a bit there, Betfred is a good sponsor, isn't it? And, you know, Gambling and you know as long as you gamble responsibly, it's, it's big business these days, isn't it? Especially online sort of stuff. So you know, like Brook, William Mills, all a lot of them, they all seem to be sponsoring like a lot of sort of sporting events now, don't they? And, and things like that. And um, you know, it's a, it's a sort of a blue chip company now, Bet Forever Sports, isn't it? It's a sort of worldwide betting thing. So for him to be involved with Super League and raising the profile of rugby league is going to be good for the sport. Yeah, Fred from Bet Fred, um, Salford lad, Fred Doan. Uh, a lot of people kind of talk, sort of wishing to get involved in the club, but he's never, he doesn't really. I don't think I've ever seen him down at the AJ Bell Stadium. Well, I think he's a Man United supporter, and I don't think he's a rugby league fan. No, it's obviously his business is sort of invested into rugby league. Doesn't mean that he's a big rugby league fan, does it? Um, but yeah, you know, it's a good for the club. I mean, it's good for the uh, for the sport. Gets people, you know, out there. You know, people all kinds of different betting markets, won't they? And that will believe be one of them, won't it? So, you know, it's good to get that kind of brand involved and you know get the uh, the money coming in. Now, you know, the players 
Get more bigger wages, maybe. Yeah, yeah, certainly it does, Rob. Yeah, certainly just going back to, to Fred Dunn. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I've seen him at all, but I'm, I think you're more with him. It's, it's like a business deal for him, isn't it? Really, he probably likes rugby league, and that. I don't think he's a particular sort of Salford fan, is he? Uh, it'd be nice if we could get somebody like that involved at Salford, but you know, fingers crossed, something will come up in the near future. Yeah, I think with millionaires, though, Paul, they want, they always want something back. You know, like obviously they'll, they'll want, a, but they want a. For us, they'll need to keep the Salford brand, won't they? And as a millionaire, they, they're probably thinking, what can I get out of this brand? That's, so that's what, you know, Marwan Kukash with a Manchester thing, he was looking to rebrand to turn it to Manchester because he thought Manchester was an untapped, uh, you know, reservoir of a potential sports fan and changing the name might make a big difference. We all knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but, you know, me being like a millionaire, if, if what... What, I suppose our club is better than it, than it has been in the last sort of like let's say two or three years because obviously more of a community feel now lots of different things involved in the club so I suppose if someone, someone did want to come in and, and, and purchase us we, we'd be in a better we'd look better than we did three years ago let's say um, yeah I, I, it's difficult isn't it Rob I mean I always think about Richard Branson who was at London Broncos and he was probably one of the most richest people in this country and I don't think he ever sort of wanted to make a profit out of it. I think I think it was me and I was Richard Branson or whatever and I had owned the rugby league team. It's very difficult to make money out of sporting clubs, isn't it really? Unless you're like Barcelona or some or some of these like United or something, I don't know if they make money, but you know, with the rugby with rugby league, I think you're just doing it because you, you you love the sport, don't you? And I think certainly he did Branson and people like him as well, the guy at London now it's David, David, Dave Hughes, I think it is, or someone like that. And um, you, you know the, the, those sort of owners now. Aren't you just doing it because you, you love the sport and you, you love your team? You're not really doing it to make money. There's not many clubs who make money. Is it? I think the, perhaps Leeds make a profit. Um, I don't know, maybe Warrington, but I, I don't think any of the other clubs do, do they? Really? So I don't think there's that much money sort of swilling around in rugby league anymore. Is it? I mean, years ago we used to sort of have. Um, transfer fees and things like that and that's very rare now that you see a player move to another club for a, sort of a transfer fee because I don't think there's that sort of money of washing around the game anymore so yeah I think if you're if you're an owner of a club I, I think you'd be very foolish to think you were going to make some money out of the sport really because I just don't think rugby league's got that much money in it at the moment That's why we tried it and decided to be a community club instead You know I think Mr Kukash was a bit Naive, really, if he thought he was going to make money out of Salford. I mean, I think this potential there, you know, where the stadium is, with other things, you know, in the pipeline that are there, you know, if we can get other things on the land and hotels and things like that they were, they were talking about, then maybe you'll make, make money then. But if he thought he was going to make money out of a, out of a sort of a sleeping giant and rugby league, really, a side that's not really won anything for years, that support base isn't, really there I think he's naive bit of business really I mean you, you should have done a bit more homework because you know you, you don't really do I mean you look at sides like, like Castleford who are getting decent gates all care Hull FC Warrington are they making loads of money I'm not so sure whether they are I mean I'd have to check their, their figures and that but I don't think it's a as I said before it's not a, a sport that's awash with money at the moment is it yeah I suppose they, they make money but then also they spend money as well don't they on players and Academies and you know shirts and you know merchandise and 
you know, and they have shops, and they have probably more outgoings than we do, really. So I suppose what they do make, they, they spend more than we spend as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at Leeds Rhinos, for an example. You've only got to go to their stadium and look at the amount of staff they have there working there. They've got more staff in their ticket office than we've got there work for, for our entire club. There's loads of people. I'm not joking. There's absolutely loads of people there. Same at Warrington. Yeah. We went to Warrington a few weeks ago and the amount of people that, that work there on their staff. And, you know, that, that that's a lot of overheads, isn't it, to have. have. So, um, yeah, they probably don't make, make money because you've got more people to, to pay. It's all sort of adds up. And, with us as well, it's, it's difficult because you don't make anything from your stadium and you don't make any food sales, you don't make any drink sales and I don't even know where we get the car park money, do we, for people who, who pay to go on the car park? So, so yeah, it's a difficult situation at the moment, rugby league. You've only got to speak to supporters who watch teams outside of the Super League, you know, some of the, the lower size. That's a, one of my mates watches Rochdale Hornets and, you know, they're, they're a supporter-run club. And, I mean, you've got to admire the work they do. They sort of get four or five hundred people watching them every week. And they are run by fans and that. And, you know, it's um, it's very difficult. You, you, you're looking at people who, who are like volunteers who are working their absolute socks off to, to make the, the club work. So, rugby league at the moment is probably not one of the most profitable things. But that's something we've got to work towards, isn't it? I'd love it to be. I'd love to see grounds sold out every week because the product on the pitch is fantastic. It's fantastic sport. It's just... It's just getting people to, to trust it and believe in it and, and, and turn up every week. And that's what we do, Paul, don't we? Like us on the sports zone, you know, the, the boys and girls in the media department, Steve's taking his photos, you know, everyone does a bit, don't they? The fans go out. And yeah, you're trying to spread the word, aren't you? Yeah. With signs and you put posters up and, you know, everyone does a bit, don't they? And, and, that's, and that's all that matters, really. We, 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 we know what the situation is um, and it's all about, you know, hopefully growing the club to be bigger and then obviously bigger and better down the line and we've got we've made progress I think Paul definitely made progress and it's just a matter of keeping that progress going yeah it is it is and we we could talk about this all night you could probably devote a show to this and you, I've said it to you loads of times about sort of the attractions in the, this area where we are there's so much going on and there's so much you, you're fighting and competing against to, to get people to go to the, the game it's a very cosmopolitan place Greater Manchester and it's not like sort of Castleford where it's only a little town or sort of hole where there's not like I mean, keeps lagging off tonight. I don't, but <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, though, don't you? Manchester, Greater Manchester, around where we are in Salford, there's so much going on, and it's uh, it's difficult, isn't it? You're always sort of fighting against things, you know, to, to get people there, but you just got to keep chipping away. I think you just got to ch- keep chipping away, sort of keep sort of, sort of keep positive, you know, get positive messages out there. Don't keep telling people it's hard to get to the stadium, it's hard to do this, it's hard to do that. Just keep positive and, and just keep keep doing what you're doing and, you know, hopefully the tide will turn and, and things will go in our favour in the future. The tide will turn, Paul, because we've put too much hard work and black hood, uh, blood, sweat and tears into it for it not to. It will turn. Yeah, I think so. Cool. So that's all the uh, the news. Coming out of Salford Devils this week. Next up on the Devil Detail, what we'll do, we'll look at what's happening in the amateur scene with Paul. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. We shall start off with the National Conference Leagues. It should be quite a short amateur report this week. There's not a lot to talk about. But we'll start off with the National Conference League. Saddleworth Rangers played on Friday night. They beat York Acorn by 34 points to 24 in Division 1. Good result for the Rangers. They move off the 
bottom of the table there, second from bottom now in that league, and especially with that victory against York Acorn, York Acorn riding high, they were second in the league leading up to the, the game on Friday, so a great win there for the Rangers, 34 points to 24. In the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield were beaten at Wathbrow Horn, it's 38 points to 12. It's a bit harsh on Mayfield. Matt Callender has left to go to Rochdale Hornets as their coach and he's took several players along with him as well so it's uh, leaving them down in the bottom in the drop zone but I'm sure Mayfield have got what it takes to, to pull away from that. They've still got some good players there. They were beaten, as I said, 38 points to 12 on Saturday in the Premier Division. In Division 3, Batley Boys 50, Waterhead Warriors 26, Oldham St. Anne's 20, Hensingham 34, Salford City Roosters went down 38 points to 14 at home to Hewith. It was a battle in display from the Roosters, a couple of late tries giving the scoreline a bit of a flattering edge for uh, for Hewitt but Salford's tries came from Josh Houghton Damola Damola Ayan Larger Andrew Muscat and one conversion from Jordan Parker so the fixtures for this weekend there's just one fixture it's in the Premier Division it's Rochdale Mayfield they're at home to the Thato Heath Crusaders we're moving on to the North West Men's League. Premier Division results from Saturday the 18th of May. Rochdale Mayfield A12, West Bank Bears 64. In Division 1, Folly Lane were edged out at home 24-22 against Latchford Albion. Division 2, Hindpool Tigers 12, Berry Broncos 42. Langwith the Reds 20, Charlie Panthers 34. Wigan St. Jude's A16, West Horton Lions 32. In Division 4, Caddy Zed Ryan's had an excellent victory. They beat Rochdale Cobras at home by 36 points to 10. In Division 5, Bolton Mets 24, Clockface Mayfield. As a 30. There's just a couple of fixtures this weekend. Saturday the 25th of May in the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield A are at home to Thato Heath Crusaders A. And in Division 1, it's Oldham St Anne's A against Blackbrook. Well, as we mentioned last week, the Lancashire Barley County Tri Series champions have gone over to Serbia to play a couple of games over there and they've done really well. They beat Red Star Belgrade by 38 points to 20 last Wednesday and they played Serbia on Sunday and won by 60 points to 6. So two fantastic wins there for the Lancashire side, the Lancashire Barla side and, uh, and well done from everybody on the podcast. Great result there. Moving on to the North West Youth League. There's not so many fixtures this week but they'll give you the ones we've got in the Premier Division of the under 18s Oldham St Anne's 16 Saddleworth Rangers 20 in the plate match of the under 18s it was Thato Heath Crusaders 38 Rochdale Mayfield 6 in Division 2 of the under 18s Langwith the Reds 44 Salford City Roosters 10 West Horton 56 Salford City Roosters 6 and Wigan St Patrick's 4 Folly Lane 50. In the under 16s, Division 2, Folly Lane had an excellent win. They beat West Horton by 40 points to 10. There are no fixtures this weekend coming because of the Magic Weekend. Yes, well, it's the Magic Weekend coming up this Saturday and Sunday at Anfield. It was the Summer Bash this weekend gone at Blackpool for um, the Championship sides. I'll give you the results from that. Some great, great ties there. Barrow 18, Sheffield 30, Batley Bulldogs 30, Dewsbury Rams 14, Bradford Bulls 14, Halifax 21. Featherstone Rovers 42, York City Knights 10, Lee Centurions 36, Widnes 22, Rochdale Hornets 30, Swinton Lions 40 and Toronto Wolfpack 42 to lose Olympic 14. There's over 15,000 people there over the two days so a real success for that weekend. The fixtures for the Magic Weekend, I know it's not amateur stuff, but just in case me and Rob digress on the podcast, I'll just give you the fixtures. So for Saturday the 25th of May, all kicks off. Catalan Dragons against Wakefield Trinity, that is a 2 o'clock kickoff. Huddersfield Giants play Hull FC, that's a half past 4 kickoff. And Warrington Wolves play Wigan at 7 o'clock on the Saturday. Sunday fixtures, Hulkingston Rovers and our very old Salford Red Devils open the Sunday off at 1 o'clock. Leeds Rhinos and London Broncos follow at half past 3. And the final game of the uh, round it's a six o'clock kickoff on Sunday. That's Castleford Tigers against St. Helens. Enjoy the magic weekend. I shall see you there on Sunday.
So that was uh, Paul Whiteside's amateur report on the Devil of Detail. Next up, we're going to be discussing forward the Magic Weekend uh, against Hulkington Rovers. <laughs> So, Salford Devils travelled to Anfield on Magic Weekend, Paul, to face Hulkington Rovers. Salford Devils, Old Fleck can bounce back from the defeat against Settlers. Yeah, certainly I hope so, Rob. We could do with two points, we really could, and it keeps us in contention. You've got to look at the table at the moment, which I haven't read a bit now, and you've got Wakefield and Castle above us in sixth and fifth place. They're only two points in front of us, and we've got a better points difference than both Wakefield and Castle. So a win this weekend could see us sneak into that um, into that top five, really. It really could. So um, I think Cass play St. Helens. So that's going to be a tough game for them, and Wakefield play Catalan. So... We've got a real chance of getting into that top five of the weekend. That'd be amazing. It really would. So, um, so yeah, big game for us. I mean, you can't overlook Hawkinson Rovers. They're a funny side, aren't they? Them, you know, on the day they can be be really good. And they had some, we've had some real hidings recently as well. And especially over Easter, they let fifty points in twice. So you never quite know what you're going to get with Tim Sheens' team. But um, no, I'd expect us to be fired up to win this game, particularly after that disappointing uh, result in the cup. Yeah, they've been there a few ins and outs at Hawkinson Rovers as well, uh, Paul. Uh, Thomas Mims has returned, uh, but he, he can't play till the 1st of June, though. Uh, and Lee Dewitt has uh, has left the club as well. Um, so, do you think that kind of um, upsets the balance at Hawkinson Rovers at these crucial moments? Was Thomas Mims the lad that got banned for, for something yeah. or other? Yeah. Yeah, all oh, right. Is it, what, what has he done? Is he, has he done a two-year ban or is it just 12 months he's done? Is it 12 months? I think he's, re- he's returning on the 1st of June. Yeah, I was going to say, because he was a really good player, so uh, so yeah, he'll, he'll be a, a boost for them. What's happened to Lee Dewitt? I've not heard this story. So. Oh, right, OK. I find it, I Released. Here we are. Nick Scruton and, and Lee Dewitt, Lee Bulkington, Melbourne. Oh, right. Just released. Uh, they're now top forwards Nick Scruton and Lee Dewitt have both left the club. Scruton right. decided to retire after failing to recover from a shoulder injury while 32-year-old Lee Dewitt has released from his contract to continue his recovery from concussion um, as he assesses his off-field options. Mm, so could they be um, freeing up some space to sign somebody? Possibly. I think she would be, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they've still got some other players uh, to look out for. I don't think Danny Maguire's playing this week. I think he got injured in the game against Huddersfield, so he could possibly miss it. But you've got a good back line. I mean, I, I particularly like Craig Hall. I, I would love him at Salford. I think he's a real talismanic player. I mean, he always seems to score. Good goal kicker as well. And they've got a tough set of forwards. I Joel Tompkins is a, is a decent forward. He wants to watch Danny Addy, the hooker, played really well against us the other week. And Josh Drinkwater at scrum half. Chris Atkin, Well Araki, Ryan Lannan coming uh, against us again. So, uh, you know, there's some, some players to watch out for in the whole Kingston Rovers side, definitely. Jimmy Kynos, he's another one. I was one. just going to say Jimmy Kynos, yeah, he's a good player. He's always a danger for against us. Um, but yeah, they, they have got some good players, Paul. Obviously, Tim Sheens is in charge of in charge of Wilkinson Rovers. Uh, he's you know a fantastic coach as well, and he talks about uh, he's been talking this week about trying to sort of make it make improve the Wilkinson Rovers' mental strength ahead of this game because obviously last time we played Wilkinson Rovers in the in the cup game. They came out on top, um, and I think it might be a, another tough game, uh, tough game, sorry, and that, you know, two inches between the dead might be the big difference between the two sides. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's going to be a tough game, Rob. I really do, especially on that stage at Anfield. It's a big stage there. You know, the Magic Weekend could throw up some funny results. You know, players are out of their comfort zone, really, aren't they? You go and play at a big stadium, you know, a big crowd there as well, and it's probably like playing in a sort of a, a cup semi-final, really, isn't it? There, it's I don't know how many is going to be there, but you've got to handle the pressure, haven't you? As well, we're first team on 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 the Sunday as well, so uh, you know, if, I, if if it was me, and I was going playing there. I think I'd be embracing it, you know, to to play it somewhere like that. I mean, I'm, I've never been to Anfield before. I'm not really. a football supporter so I don't really know what the stadium's like but when I've seen it on the telly it looks looks pretty good doesn't it so uh, you know, if I was a player I'd be relishing that and you know, it's, it's a real chance to get back in that top five you know into that, those top five positions in the league and you know it's, it's going to be an exciting game Rob and it's one we can win I think it, it, no disrespect to OKR but they're a side you know below us in the table we've got to be starting favourites in this game and you know going out there getting a good start we can't afford to go 16 points down again like we did against St. Helens and chasing the game we need to set a marker down and boom straight from the kickoff, get in their faces and you know make our presence felt and, and get a good start and a good fold in the game Does our defeat against Hawkins Rovers in the Cup affect us? No I don't think so we, we beat them at their place this season didn't we? No in, the, in that league game, 22-24, I think it was. And yeah. We had a good win there last season in the Super 8s. You know, we've got a decent record against them in recent times. So, I think, if anything, that should add a bit of motivation for us, I would have thought. It was disappointing to lose that Challenge Cup game. The players were, were distraught when they lost that, lost that match, weren't they? So, um, we can sort of throw everything at this game as well, because if you look next weekend, it's the Challenge Cup, and we don't play, do we, until the 7th of June we play home. So, we've got sort of a two-week break now after... Uh, after this weekend so you can chuck everything into that and then you've got a bit of time to rest and recover while everybody plays Challenge Cup next weekend so I'd be throwing everything at Ulgar on, on Sunday to get the result It's going to be super exciting Paul do we have a, a weather report for us? Um, it's going to be nice isn't it in Liverpool near the coast there aren't you so uh, I'll just take your uh, your jacket with you just a jacket no big coat <laughs> I say that every week don't I <laughs> <laughs> um, score predictions uh, do you have yours written down ready? yep Lines in front of me, mate. Hull Kingston Rovers 14, Salford 36. 14, 36. Do we have a backstory, Paul, or do we just do scores? Uh, I just top of my head that one, mate. Top of your head. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm That's why my scalp sky better counts, empty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Um, it's gonna be a tough game. Um, I think after playing Saints last week. Um, boys are going to be kind of ready to right a few wrongs after obviously getting beaten in the cup by Kingston Rovers. So we're going to come out flying this week. I'm going to go Kingston Rovers uh, eight. Both of the Devils twenty. And Joey Lucic going to score twice. There we go. 20 points to 8. Lose it to score twice. How did he score? Straight from dummy R? Yeah, it's standard. <laughs> Things all, like the club kind of like, they did like a, like a video, didn't they? Of, of the, the try he scored against Ulkinson Rovers at Ulkinson where he scooted from dummy R. And when he scored against, it was score, it's exactly the same move where, you know, he gets, jumps out from behind the play the ball and, and dives, you know, close to the line. And I thought, why are you showing people that? Because <laughs> people are going to know. But he has done it since, so they weren't obviously, keep, you know, weren't exactly, uh, you know, uh, not very, you know, didn't notice it, did they? But 
I think he's going to score at least one like that this, uh, this week. He's become his trademark try, hasn't it? Yeah. He's a real poacher at dummy half now. And, uh, no, I'd, I'd back him to score. I think he's been really good the last couple of weeks. I thought he was excellent again on uh, on Friday night. He copped a nice shot on Friday night as well at St. Helens. I can't remember who gave it him, but he, he copped one right around the cheek. And I don't think we got a penalty for that either, so there's another decision for our uh, referee uh, book. But, um, but no, I'd, 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 I'd fancy us on Sunday, Rob. I think we'll do all right. I think we'll get the result. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Lots of reds going up. Uh, to Liverpool um, it's going to be super exciting Magic Weekend's always a, a carnival atmosphere uh, of rugby league and hopefully uh, we'll come away with him Certainly mate looking forward to it there's some good games on the Sunday as well after us it's Leeds against London Broncos which looks a really intriguing encounter and then obviously to, to finish off the day it's Castleford Tigers against St Helens so that should be another good game as well and the three games on Saturday look uh, look pretty tasty as well especially that Warrington and Wigan game which is last on the Saturday night so yeah there should be these six matches there and you know you'd have to um, you'd have to predict any of those games really they're all um, sort of I wouldn't say 50-50s but they're, they're pretty difficult to predict and um, as long as we get the win that's all that matters who do you see who do you see winning is there an upset on the cards on any of them games I'm thinking London will beat Leeds yeah, well, I've done my score. I'm just about to do my score prediction. I've got to post them off to Andy Greenough on Facebook for the Prediction League. But I've um, I've backed Wakefield to beat Catalan, 28-24. I've backed Huddersfield to beat Hull, 26-18. I've got Wigan to beat Warrington in a tight match. I just think Wigan might, might pip them out. I know back Wigan last week in the cup, but I'm backing them again. I've backed us to beat O'Gare. I've backed London to beat Leeds. Yeah. Um, in a tight game and I've backed Castleford uh, sorry St. Helens to beat Castleford quite comfortably I've gone London I've gone uh, Saints to beat Cat I think Cat and I'll win against Wakefield I'm going for Hull uh, to win there the game as well Wellington v Wigan Ratford's out for Wellington isn't he he's hurt himself I know he's out long term as well right. which is going to be a, a blow for them um, Wigan no struggling Scratching a bit, but we're going to miss that. So I'm going to go like you said, we're going to Yeah, I think, I think we can always sort of have those performances in them, don't we? You know, they can they can grind results out. I mean, I keep expecting Leeds to to come back and wallop somebody, but it doesn't seem to be happening for them this season whatsoever, does it? I, from what I've read, I, I've not got Sky anymore, so I don't really watch many of the games. And I was reading about their performance against Castleford at home Friday, just gone and. From what I've read, they were lacklustre. You know, they beaten 30 points to eight. They didn't really look like scoring throughout the game. Really toothless in attack, and you know they seem to be to be struggling at the moment. So this is a huge game for them against London. If London to win this match, you know Leeds could be uh, could be bottom of the table on uh, on, on Sunday night. Hopefully, O'Carroll will still be bottom because uh, they've got rubbish points difference, and we're going to beat them. So O'Carroll be bottom and Leeds will be second bottom. Yeah, I think the lead, problem with Leeds we talked about Leeds, didn't we? When we played them, my loss. And the standoff, the name escapes me at the moment. Begins with S. Well, here. Him. Um, they aren't. They don't really link together very well. No. And you know, in in you know, in rugby league, your halfbacks are so important. And if there's not fluid fluidity, you know, between them, you you're in a you're in a bit of bother, aren't you? Um, yeah. For me. Yeah. You know, I don't know when when Leeds hit the panic button because. Obviously, they are I think they've already hit it, haven't they? They've sat the manager, haven't they? Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's a, that, that happened the new coach bounce, isn't it? That's, that's what they did that for. But that doesn't mm. solve the, the personnel, does it? 
You'd I don't think they've had that new coach bounce, to be honest, have they? They've been poor since they've, they've got rid of him. Yeah, you know, defeating the Challenge Cup, didn't they, the week after they sacked him yeah. uh, against yeah. Bradford, and then they got tonked at home to Castleford this week, just gone. So it's not, it's completely backfired, really, on Gary Evans yeah. and his staff at Leeds. A lot of, like, say, Leeds Rhinos, you know, massive club, invested in this new super stand, haven't they? It looks a bit like the one at the AJ Bell Stadium, it has to be said, the, uh, the North Stand. Um, you know, a lot of money sort of invested into Headingley, and uh, they, they'll definitely, well, they need Super League, and that's for sure, don't they, uh, to keep that boat afloat. Yeah, they certainly do. They certainly do, and uh, Leeds have never been relegated, have they, in the history of the, of the club? Um, so that would be a disaster if, if they was to, to end up in, the, in that bottom spot. Um, don't think I'd lose any sleep over it, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I, I don't know. I still think that they'll win matches towards the end of the season because you've only got to look at the, the quality of play they've got in the squad. I know you said about their half-backs. Um, they've not gelled. And to me, that's a massive part of your side. If your half-backs don't gel, you, you, you're more or less you, you're struggling straight away. I mean, you look at down their team... The, the young fullback they've got Jack Walker the excellent player they've got um, Callum Watkins in the side there you know players like that you know quality players you know, some quality forwards as well you know that like Trent Merrin for one reason or another it doesn't seem to be happening for him they've got Parcel who's a decent hooker Richie Myers there they've got some good players but for one reason or another it's not working and like you said it, a lot of it stems from halfback halfback and confidence I think once you're low on confidence and you go on losing streaks and where does confidence go? Where does it come from? As they say, um, it, it's difficult and difficult to get out of that rut. So I, I don't think they'll, they'll be panicking too much just yet. There's a long way to go in the season yet. There's quite a lot of games left. But, uh, you know, games soon run out, don't they? Yeah, you've not said that for a week, have you? Where does confidence go? Where does it come from? You've not said that for a couple of weeks. On the, the devil in detail bingo, people have been... <laughs> it's not like your bubble. I think that, that took about 25 minutes this week to make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, yeah I mean, we should really have a, a podcast bingo card and people can mark it off, as, we, as you're saying. That'd be, that'd be good and that would be really funny. I think that'd be something Our good. other ones, um, the Sabutio players, isn't it? Yeah, that's, one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, that. <laughs> but yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but Leeds are struggling uh, and I'll make that continue. So, um, yeah, big thanks for tuning this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it, Rob. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, big thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, me and Paul really appreciate you taking time out to listen to us talking uh, all about Soul for the Devils. Um, it's great fun, isn't it, Paul? We really do appreciate the people tuning in. Yeah, we certainly do. I know we tend to digress a bit sometimes, but it's all there. Uh... Hopefully all part of the fun, Rob. I really enjoy it. Anyway, it's, uh, it's brightened my week up, mate. Looking forward to Sunday. Yeah. So big thanks to this week's uh, Devil of Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. a week 24 hours a day live
Radio Contact.